The Bible reading The Bible reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew. It is chapter 10. Uh, Matthew, did I say? Luke. <laughs> chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and looked, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Well, my name is uh, Peter, I'm one of the elders here. And I'd like to add my welcome to Josh's this morning. And if you're here for the first time, we've been going through a series on why our neighbourhood matters. And today this is part four, but if you'd like to catch up, you can uh, tune into our podcast on YouTube and they're all there from, um, from weeks one to now. But today we're going to be looking at this passage, the well-known story of the Good Samaritan. So let me tell you a story about the neighbours from hell. We live in a duplex complex where we share a common wall. So on one side of the wall is our bedroom, the other side of the wall is our lounge room. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, for months on end, nearly every Saturday night, they decided to hold a party, quite a loud party, because they were loud people. And when they're outside, the noise would just travel through into our bedroom until about 12, 12.30 at night. 
Then they'd go inside, thinking they were doing the right thing. So they'd go inside, and then they'd put the music on. And the music's thumping through our wall till about 2.30 in the morning, till I get up, knock on the door, and say, you realise your music's coming through our wall? And I'd get an embarrassed, oh, sorry about that. That wasn't bad enough. We'd come out in the morning and someone had parked a car in front of a driveway and blocked us in. Do you have neighbours like that? The natural human side of me wanted to get a klaxon horn and blow it through their window real early in the morning while they're sleeping and we're trying to get ready for our day. But then I asked myself, how would Jesus want me to handle it? So in this passage, I want to share two issues. Who is my neighbour? And how do I be a good neighbour? To be a good neighbour requires compassion and hospitality. I'll get to these later, but first let me begin by addressing the question that the lawyer asked. So let's go back to our text. Who is my neighbour? On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus said. The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So we asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? So what's going on here? Here's this lawyer asking Jesus a very simple question. Who is my neighbour? I mean, certainly he must have known who his neighbours were. Is it the family next door? The people who live in my street? Other school parents? My local community? People I work with? In fact, all the members of our community are our neighbours. But what about the people I don't like? Have you come across people you don't really like? I know I have. What did Jesus say about them? So let's put it into context of Epping in 2021. So if that lawyer were alive in Epping today, he'd probably be well off. Probably have a lot of friends, a nice car, big house. Kids would probably go to a private school. He's probably a good citizen and well-liked. But he had a problem. He had an image to maintain. So what really was behind this question? He was trying to justify himself. See, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, even though they were neighbours. They were, it's, sometimes it's easy to love the people that fit into our socioeconomic group, people from our status, people that fit our image. It's easy to share um, with people that share our values and ideas. How often do we try to justify ourselves when we're expected to do something that makes us uncomfortable? So we can't really judge this man because like this man, we also 
have an image to maintain, don't we? Let me put it to you this way. In your nice, quiet little street, what if hippies move in right next door to you? How would that make you feel uncomfortable? To answer this man's question, Jesus tells him the the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, you've probably heard this many times at Sunday school, scripture from your parents. But have you really taken the time to think about its implication? Who is the real neighbor in this story? You'd be justified in thinking that it was the man that was attacked. But Jesus turns it around and tells the lawyer that the neighbor is in fact a Samaritan. Let's have a look at our text in verses 36 and 37. Jesus says to the man, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So how does this play out at EPC? See, we live in a very multicultural society. Around us is a large Chinese population, as well as Koreans, Indians, Sri Lankans, and middle-class white Anglo-Saxons. When I was growing up, racism was quite a common thing. It wasn't just racism that was a problem. It was a person's status. Let me explain. You see, my family was large and grew up pretty much on dad's wage and we were fairly poor. So we lived in a, in a housing commission estate um, at the back of Campbelltown. And I had a stigma with that. I remember my first job and I was talking to one of my colleagues who was probably 50 year old female and she said, and so where do you live? And I said, we live at Ed's. And she went, oh, and walked off. I never had a conversation with that lady again. Because of people's preconceived ideas. So as a child, were you warned to stay away from someone because they were foreigners? Or they came from a bad part of town? Our values are ingrained in us from people that influenced us when we were younger. Our parents, our teachers, our older siblings. Do we love our ethnic neighbours? If a dirty, homeless person came into our church, do we say, do we say, come on in, you're very welcome? Or do we think, you're welcome as long as you're like us? Go away and have a shower, clean up, and then I might be able to be more comfortable around you. So now we know that our neighbours are not just people we like, but a whole community. Even the ones that we're a bit wary of, or the ones we don't really like. The second question we're going to deal with is what it takes to be a good neighbour. So let's go back to the passage we're reading. 
And Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oils and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave him, gave him to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus is making the point to the lawyer here that to be a good neighbour is sometimes very inconvenient. It costs something. We notice the point that the two religious people were the ones that were not the good neighbours. Now, we're not told why the priest or the Levi didn't stop. Maybe they were in a hurry to get to the next event they had to go to and didn't have time to get involved. Or perhaps they thought the man was dying or dead. And Jewish law says that they weren't allowed to touch a dead body or they'd be unclean. But the point is they made excuses to why they couldn't or wouldn't help. I don't think they were bad people. They just didn't want to be inconvenienced. So imagine that you're walking along your way to an appointment and you see a homeless man or homeless person bloodied and bruised lying in the gutter. Would you be the Samaritan or the priest? So I mentioned at the beginning that there are two main ways that we can be a good neighbour. First one is by showing compassion. It would, be, it would have been quite easy for this Samaritan to just walk past the man, just to leave him there and say, someone else will deal with it. I've got a doctor's appointment. But he decided to show compassion on the man at great inconvenience to himself. So what actually is compassion? Compassion is defined as a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So it's a stronger word than empathy. Empathy is an ability to relate to someone else's pain as if it's your own. And there's some differences there. So empathy is seeing a situation from the perspective of, of the other person and feeling sorry for them. In other words, I can't believe how well you're, you're holding up considering how much stress you're under. But compassion says, is seeing, seeing the, the situation from, from the perspective of another person and getting involved. In other words, I want to say more than I'm just sorry, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? Let's get back to our story. The Samaritan showed compassion on the stranger. 
The compassion will always cost us something. It cost the Samaritan about two days' wages because a denarius was the usual daily wage of a labourer to take care of this man. Jesus, and Jesus had compassion for people. So compassion is different from empathy because compassion gets involved. Let's look at Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, many people are missing out on Jesus' gift of eternal life because we do not have enough compassion to share Jesus with them. Many people around us are harassed and helpless and lost and in darkness. Many of them are looking for direction but we are too busy to point them in the right direction. Let me tell you a story, a true story, about a young man called Christopher Sershe. He was a 15-year-old playing basketball with his friends, May 16, 1998, in America, when a gang started shooting. He was an innocent bystander. And he, took a, and he took a bullet in the chest. The bullet perforated his aorta. His friends helped him to get within 40 feet of the entrance to Ravenswood Hospital and then went inside and asked for help. The hospital staff refused to help Christopher, saying that it was against the hospital's policies to administer aid to, that, to those outside the hospital. Eventually, a policeman was able to get a wheelchair and wheel Christopher into the hospital where he was then helped by hospital staff. But it was too late. Christopher died about an hour later. Such a sad story. It's particularly sad because it should not have happened. They were right there. They were 40 feet from the door of the hospital. Imagine if this was your son. You'd probably sue the hospital if it was today. Christopher died because of hospital protocol, hospital rules. If the hospital had had enough compassion to bend the rules, Christopher would not have died. The reality is, right on our doorstep, we are surrounded by lost, hurting people. Chinese, Koreans, Indians, middle-class Caucasians, young families, older families, retirees. You get the picture. They desperately need to hear the gospel. Yet, Many times we are content to share it only with those that manage to come inside the church. What can we do to show compassion to a neighbourhood in Epping? Sharing Jesus is scary, particularly when it's to a stranger. It is scary 
But it's also easy because all we need to do is hear their story. All of us have a story to tell. Doesn't matter where we're from in the world, we have a story to tell. And people want to tell their story. I mean, you're waiting for a bus or something or there's somebody on a bench over there, walk up to them, hi, how are you? So where are you from? I'm from such and such. Oh, so what led you here? And they'll tell you their story. And that story eventually will lead to their successes, their failures. People need to tell their story. The problem is we don't have enough compassion that we put our own comfort and conveniences aside to share the gospel. Let's look at Jesus again. Jesus was tired. He'd been ministering all day. He just wanted to go and rest. But the crowds followed him. Did Jesus say, I'm sorry, I'm tired, I'm too busy, I need my rest, come back tomorrow, this is where you can find me. Jesus said to his disciples, get me a boat, I'll push away from the crowd, and he ministered to them. That's showing real compassion. Real compassion. See, programs that we run are good, and they may get people into the church, but they won't be saved unless they hear the gospel. It's not our job to convert people. It's not our job to save them. That's totally up to God. But it is our job to share Jesus with them. So just think about the programs we have in church. The people that come in may never, ever hear the gospel. We need to look at what we're doing as a church and seek to have evangelism as the DNA of the church. That is where real compassion lies. To think about what we do, who we are, where we are, why we're here. There's another way that we can be a good neighbour is by showing hospitality. What comes to your mind when we hear hospitality? What does it mean to you? It's very easy to show hospitality to our friends, to our neighbours, to the people we, we like. But that word hospitality really means, in the Greek, it means to have love for strangers. Hebrews 13.2 says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. There are many examples of hospitality in the Bible, but one of the most famous was when Abraham welcomed strangers from their long journey. Abraham didn't know them from a bar of soap. He didn't know these guys, but they rocked up to his tent, tired, dirty, hungry, thirsty. So as Abraham do, go away, boys, 
busy. Now he invites them in. He gives them, gives them a roast lamb. He feeds them. He gives them something to drink and sends them on their way. So how can we show hospitality to our neighbourhood at EPC? We're called to be faithful in the small things. And it's in doing the small things like buying a stranger a coffee. Helping somebody with their groceries in their car. That attracts people to Christianity. That's what'll do it. We shouldn't wait for the earth-shattering event or the or the next Billy Graham to come through town. It's the everyday simple little things that most of the world think is so insignificant. But it's those things that's going to attract people to Christianity and give us the chance to point them to Jesus. So we ought to be on the lookout for strangers. Is it the couple or individual sitting by you in church? Are they new to your church or new to your city? Ask them to lunch. Is there a widow you know who's likely lonely and not eating well? Invite them over for brunch. Who of your friend's group is still single after the rest have gotten married? Reach out to them for coffee or tea. Did someone new start at your job? Talk to them at lunch. Be a resource to help them. Who else can you think of that may be lonely, hurting or feeling alone? And how can you reach out to them and be a friend to them? So how do we put all this together? How can we practice compassion and hospitality to a neighbourhood? This week, let me challenge you to look for opportunities to show acts of hospitality and compassion to a neighbourhood. Just be aware when you go out each day, who can I, who can I do something nice for? Can I, when I'm buying my morning coffee, can I buy one for the next person? Let's think about that as Jesus would want us to. A neighbourhood is around us, hurting, crying out. And the church needs to be a place of refuge, a place of safety and security, a place where they can find Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you have left us a good example of what it is to be compassionate and hospitable to our neighbours. Jesus, you have called us to reach out to our community. Lord, I pray that you will show us practical ways in which we can look for opportunities to point people to you. Father God, as a church, I pray you'll help us to grow. Let us be a light that shines in the darkness. Lord, let us not be like that hospital that won't bend the rules and, and somebody died. Help us, Father, to be light in the darkness. Amen.